Father in heaven, what a great blessing it is, Lord, that we have health and strength, Lord, and we are able to come here this morning as a family of believers, and Lord, and we pray that you would bless this day, Lord, and you would bless it to us, and that you would open our hearts, Lord, to your spirit, so that your spirit could speak to us, Lord, as we look together into your word, Lord, and we pray that we would be lifted up in, in our spirits, Lord, into your presence, Lord, and that we would be able to move forward in, into the coming week, Lord, with a, a renewed spirit, Lord, that, because that is what we need to do on, on a Sunday, that we are washed with your word, Lord, and renewed in, in, in our minds, Lord, so that we would be able to live this life, Lord, in, in a way that is glorifying thee in a way that would be purposeful in, in what you have planned for us into the future, Lord. We pray that you will be present with those who cannot be here, Lord, for whatever reasons. Pray for those who are in nursing homes, Lord, for those who are bedridden, Lord, for whatever reason, Lord. We pray that you will be a comfort in, in their place on this day as they are separated from a family of believers, Lord. We pray that your spirit would, would affect not only the, uh, those that are near and, and dear to us, but those that are far away, Lord, the, the entire nation, Lord, that you would be encouraged many more, Lord, to come and seek thee out. We pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, <clears throat> You'd be su probably surprised that I'm here uh, for a Father's Day sermon, and I, we talked about it a couple of weeks ago, and I said, no, I'm not going to do uh, Father's Day. Uh, that's, that's, not my, that's not my thing. But it, it just so happened a lot fell on me because of scheduling. Uh, and uh, so I was going to sit out to have a sermon on, on this afternoon. If you, if you remain, uh, there will be probably a, a Father's Day sermon. Uh, but uh, so I set out to pick something, a scripture that had nothing to do with Father's Day. And uh, so I'm, I was looking into Psalm 91, that somehow I, I was led to. And as I was uh, spending time on this psalm, I realized there is actually quite a bit of Father's Day in there. Not, not that you would notice that when you read it. <laughs> Because the, all the other scriptures that I had to revisit really point to the Father. And so it, it may be actually turning out into some uh, equivalent of a Father's Day sermon. So let's just read Psalm 91. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord... He is my refuge and my fortress. My God in him will I trust. Surely he shall deliver thee from the snare of the fowler and from the noise and pestilence. He shall cover thee with his feathers and under his wings shalt thou trust. His truth shall be thy shield and buckler. Thou shalt not be afraid for the terror by night 
nor for the arrow that flyeth by day, nor for the pestilence that walketh in darkness, nor for the destruction that wasted at noonday. A thousand shall fall at thy side, and ten thousand at the right hand, but it shall not come nigh thee. Only with thine eyes shalt thou behold and see the reward of the wicked, because thou hast made the Lord, which is my refuge, even the most high, thy habitation. There shall no evil befall thee, neither shall any plague come nigh thy dwelling. For he shall give his angels charge over thee to keep thee in all thy ways. They shall bear thee up in their hands, lest thou dash thy foot against a stone. Thou shalt tread upon the lion and the adder, the young lion and the dragon shalt thou trample under feet. Because he hath set his love upon me, therefore will I deliver him. I will set him on high, because he hath known my name. He shall call upon me, and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. With long life will I satisfy him and show him my salvation. So as I have been reading this psalm for you know, many decades, uh, I, I never really understood what, what this really meant. I, I, I gathered that it was prophetic uh, in some ways. Uh, it's specifically prophetic uh, because uh, it, it, the, the devil is quoting it, which is interesting, the devil quoting this passage, at least a couple of verses here, uh, is quoting to Jesus when he was in the desert, uh, being uh, tested in the desert for 40 days. Uh, 40 days, 40 is, is the Hebrew concept of, of a lifetime. And, and so uh, Jesus was tested like for a lifetime. And, and the devil comes to him and and, and he quotes the verse 12, that they shall bear thee up in their hands, lest thou dash your foot against a stone. Thou shalt... Uh, uh, yeah, that, that's, that's the verse. Uh, uh, what, what, what the devil in, in Matthew uh, is quoting. And uh, maybe I want to read that. In Matthew 4... Uh, well, certainly with verse 5, Then the devil taketh him up into the holy city, and set him on the pinnacle of the temple, and said unto him, If thou be the Son of God, cast thyself down, for it is written, He shall give his angels charge concerning thee, and their hands shall they, they shall bear thee up, lest any time thou dash thy foot against the stone. And it's interesting that uh, the devil is quoting a passage in the Old Testament to the Son of God who actually authored it in the first place. Uh, it's a, a strange trinity there, I think. But it, it just assures us that this passage is, is authentic. And we don't know who wrote it, uh, for sure. 
It could be Moses, some, some the Hebrews think it was Moses. It could be also David, who has written similar uh, passages, who also has prophetic uh, wording in it. And uh, as, as I would read this, you know, I kind of left it at that over the years. But I, when, I, when I was kind of digging in a little bit deeper, I, I realized, you know, I, I didn't really understand some of the, 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 the main thought in, in this psalm. It almost says to us, it's not speaking to, to uh, prophetically about Jesus for the entire psalm. It, it, certain verses there are very specific, but who is it speaking to? Is it speaking to us? And a lot of people probably assume it's speaking to, to everyone, but then how do we understand that we are not affected by the plague, by the pestilence? We're not affected by the arrows uh, that, that fly uh, by night uh, or fly by day. It's, it's very difficult to, to really uh, put this into, into uh, our daily life context. When it says, Surely he shall deliver thee from the snare of the fowler and from the noisome pestilence. He shall cover thee with his feathers. Under his wings shalt thou trust. His truth shall be thy shield and buckler. Thou shalt not be afraid for the terror by night, nor for the arrow that flyeth by day, nor for the pestilence that walketh in darkness, nor for the destruction that wasteth noonday. Uh, does, does this mean that we are protected? Well, we, I think just by experience we know we are not. Just because we are Christians doesn't mean that, that we are exempted from uh, all kinds of uh, dastardly things that can, can happen to us. And, and so what, what is it then? What is it talking about? And I think it's, it's prophetically speaking about uh, our spiritual experience uh, rather than our physical experience in this life. The, the, the physical experiences we make in this life are, are just uh, uh, the, the groundwork, if you want, uh, for us to grow in the spirit. And what, what, it, what it's telling us is that we will not fail if we hold on to his word. We will not, it, no one can take us away from that unless we make that decision ourselves. Because when it says in verse 7, a thousand shall fall at thy side, and ten thousand at thy right hand, but it shall not come nigh thee. I always thought this verse said, well, it, it, you're protected. Or maybe, maybe it was David who was, was writing this, and, and he, he went through all kinds of battles, and he was protected, and, and thousands fell on his side. That's well, kind of the thought I had. But it's, it's really a spiritual thing. It's, it's thousands. When we look, when we look at, at our society, there's, there's millions that fall by the wayside, spiritually. But we, we don't have to worry about it. We don't have to fear, be fearful. We can take total confidence that God will bring us through to the end. That there will be nothing there that will take us away. Yes, there may be, well, there could be persecution coming down the road. Um, I want to 
and, and as, I, as I went through this, uh, I went through a number of, of uh, passages that kind of say exactly the opposite of what, what this psalm says if we just read it uh, you know, superficially. Uh, I'm going to go to John. There's, there's a number of uh, section, passages in John that uh, are, are really uh, interesting. Maybe in uh, chapter 15. I want to read with, with verse 17 there. These things I command you, that you love one another. If the world hate you, ye know that it hated me before it hated you. If ye were of the world, the world would love his own. But because you are not of the world, but I have chosen you out of the world, therefore the world hated you. So what, what Jesus is telling his disciples, and in, in turn to us, you know, we're not going to fit in in this world if we are truly disciples of Christ. They're going to hate us. In some way, perhaps it's not, you know, like some people experience in, whether it's in China or in the Middle East or whatever people are, Christians are really hated to the point where they're persecuted. But he, Jesus told them, Plainly, you're going to be hated in this world. It's, it, you're going to be persecuted. It's not going to be something that it's just going to be, uh, you're, you're going to be protected by all the evil that's around you. No, it's, it's totally different from Psalm 91. It, the reality is really totally different in terms of our lives or physical experience. In... in uh, 16, uh, another passage in, in, in uh, chapter 16. I'll, I'll start with, with verse 1. These things have I spoken unto you, that you should not be offended. They shall put you out of the synagogues. Yea, the time cometh that whosoever killeth you will think that he doth God's service. And these things will they do unto you, because they have not known the Father, nor me. These things will they do to you, because they have not known the Father. And, and I, it's interesting that... He's referring to the Father, and, and I, I was going to do it, and I didn't do it because I was extremely busy this, this past week, uh, because we were, we were leaving this afternoon for, for a few days, and, and we had to get everything ready, and so I was, was really, I was going to look up how many times Jesus is referring to God as the Father. And while he was human, obviously that was the, the appropriate way to refer to God uh, from his point of view, uh, but he, he, was fully, he was fully God. 
it, go back into, into chapter 14, uh, that, that famous verse there, when he talks to, to uh, Thomas, and she said unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. No man cometh unto the Father but, but by me. And then he goes on. And if he had known me, you should have known my Father also. And from henceforth ye know him and have seen him. So he equates himself completely, totally with God. Because he would, when we go into John uh, chapter 1 in, in, in the Gospel of John, we, we read that he was the one that created all things. Jesus himself. He was, he was present with God. And so he is God, and he equates himself there in, in, in chapter 14 to be like God. If you have seen me, you have seen God. Uh, that, that's uh, as, as clear as, uh, as he possibly could make it. And she said unto him, Have I been so long time with you, and yet hast thou not known me, Philip? He that has seen me has seen the Father, and how sayest thou then showest the Father? So we can see in, 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 uh, in the short passages here that Jesus refers to, to, to God as, as a father uh, because he was a man speaking to other men. And how could, they, who, how could they possibly understand that God the creator would, would be physically among them? It, it was really impossible. Well, I don't think any of us would be able to uh, come to different conclusions than, than the Jews did at, at that time. It, it was uh, an impossible leap of mind to, to realize that the one who created the universe became a baby and uh, was like one of us. But yet, this is, this is a fact, and that's what we are. That's what we believe, and that's what we trust our lives on, that gives us the, the, the real purpose in, in our lives. We would have no hope unless God would have come down to this earth because it, it all would be religion. Even, even the Old Testament, uh, if all we would have is the Old Testament and Jesus would have, God would have never come down as Jesus. We would have no hope, really, because... We, we would have no confidence that that God would be a God of love, that the one we read in the Old Testament. It'd be very difficult to understand that because when you go back to, to, to Psalm 91, uh, yeah, he, he says that we, we can trust, and that was obviously somebody that either Moses or, or, or David, whoever wrote the Psalm, uh, he that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will save the Lord. He is my refuge and my fortress. My God in him I will trust. Well, that's, we can say that, but when we get into the difficulties, in, into the plagues, into the pandemics, in, in, into war, into persecution, uh, can, can we still say that? Can, can we actually totally believe that? I don't think we could unless we have... Jesus Christ that came and proved that he loves us to the point where he was willing to even become 
a human being like we are and go through the same trials and tests like he did. Yes, he was protected uh, for the 33 years until the very end. The angels were, were watching out for him. That's part of that prophetic part that applies to Jesus in, the, in, in Psalm 91. He was protected until God had to withdraw himself and had to leave him as, as just a human being going on a cross so that we could believe that he is a God of love, to, to give his life right to the point of death. And, and there's so many passages that, that you know, relate that to us, that he has become a father to us in, in, in the fact that he, he was willing to go through all that we go through, and then way more than, than we go through. We cannot even imagine what, what it is for someone that has the power that Jesus had, even while he was on the cross. He, he could have come down. He, he could have just uh, changed everything in, in a twinkling of an eye and come down from the cross, and we would have all lost our salvation in the process. But he, he had this great love for us that... Uh, allows us to, you know, just come to him in whatever uh, conditions we are. Sometimes we, we talked about uh, last Sunday or two Sundays ago about the fact that, you know, we're going down into the valley at times, uh, spiritually as well. We're not always flying on, 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 on mountaintops. Sometimes we're, we kind of lose our grip a little bit. And, and yet, we can come back to him because we know he did all the work f for us. He paid for our transgressions, whether it's years ago or, or tomorrow. We, we can have that confidence. We can have that assurance. And, and it's so important that we, that we uh, really grab on that fact that we have that. Uh, and if, if we doubt, if we doubt, and there's a passage I want to read. And, and I want to read it in, in, um, in the NIV because uh, it, it's in Hebrew. In, uh, and it, sometimes King James is, is, is uh, pretty hard to, 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 to understand. Uh, <laughs> I've just come to think of something. Uh, and some of you may remember that. It goes way, way back, almost 50 years. Uh, and I, I just came to the country, and uh, I, my English was not that good. And uh, Brother Philip had a sermon. And he said, and back then, as you remember, we had German services too. And so there must have been some people that uh, were not that good in English. Uh, I was not the only one. But maybe he spoke just to me, I don't know. But in a sermon, uh, Brother Philip said that, well, if you want to really learn English well, you have to read the Bible. And of course, King James was the only thing there. And I, I, I was kind of taken aback and thinking, well, this is not the same English that we speak. <laughs> uh, the, the, uh, so I, I kind of was puzzled by that. But 
I think what, what he meant is that if you want to read something good, then that, that's what to read, <laughs> not, not the newspaper. <laughs> but uh, it just came to me <laughs> that uh, sometimes the, uh, King James is, is hard to, so it's good to sometimes just have a different version to, to, to read. So anyway, in Hebrews 10, uh, it says there, remember those early days after you had received the light, when you endured in a great conflict full of suffering. Sometimes you were publicly exposed to insult and persecution. At other times you stood side by side with those who were so treated. You suffered along with those in prison and joyfully accepted the confiscation of your property because you knew that you yourselves had better and lasting possessions. So do not throw away your confidence. It will be richly rewarded. You need to persevere so that when you have done the will of God and you will receive what he has promised you. For in just a little while, he who is coming will come and will not delay. But my righteous one will live by, but the righteous one live, will live by faith. I take no pleasure in the one who shrinks back. But we do not belong to those who shrink back and are destroyed, but to those who have faith and are saved. I highlighted some, some points there that really related to, to, to looking at Psalm 91. Those are people, he's, he's, whoever wrote Hebrews, probably Apostle Paul, is writing to, the, to them, remember those earlier days after you had received the light, when we came to the knowledge of, of God's salvation. When you endured a great conflict full of suffering, sometimes you were publicly exposed to insult and persecution, and other times you stood side by side with those who were so treated. Well, there, again, it's, it's not just uh, living as, uh, as Christians. It's not guaranteed that we're going to be uh, protected from all these, these things. Uh, not at all, especially uh, at that time and, and all, all through the last 2,000 years, it, it happened over and over again. The Christians were persecuted, and, and it's happening right now. And perhaps it's going to happen. I, I don't want to be, uh, uh, can't think of the right word right now, but I, I, I don't want to be negative about it. Who knows? We may actually, uh, we should pray for a revival in, in, in this country. Uh, it, it always has happened. But we, had, we have numerous uh, passages in the Old Testament where Israel was uh, totally idolatrous, totally gone, and there were revivals. And there were revivals over the last 2,000 years, constantly. I think we should, we can trust, that, or trust, we can, we can hope that and pray that God would have another revival. It doesn't look like that to me, but I think it would be a very negative way to, to not to think it's possible. It is really possible. I take no pleasure in the one who shrinks back. 
But we do not belong, he tells, we believers do not belong to those who shrink back and are destroyed. And so we should not shrink back from holding on to the promises that God gave us in his word. Even though there, can, there may be persecution coming down the road, and we don't have to be fearful. Uh, yes, we can pray for a revival, and, and things may turn for the better. It's, it, this, this is totally in the power of God. But yet, it doesn't have to be that way. It, it may just get a lot worse than it, it is now. And we may actually have a persecution which some people, not too far away in Canada, uh, some people have persecution uh, that, that uh, are experiencing that right now from what we think is, is, you know, nothing different from Canada, is nothing different from the U.S., and, and when we just look at the, at the news, we, we can see things are rapidly going that way. Uh, but again, we don't have to shrink back. We can take total confidence that we will persevere, not because we are good, not because we are strong in faith, but because God is faithful. He, he will provide the, the faith when it's needed. We just have to hold on to what we have and, and build upon it. I think we have to apply ourselves to, to uh, understand the word better each and every day, apply it in, in, in practically in, in our lives so that we can build upon what was yesterday and so we, we become better equipped to, to, to face what we have to face coming tomorrow. And I'm, I'm sometimes pessimistic, and I'm looking down the road, and uh, I, I tend to be fearful, uh, but I have to encourage myself to say there is no reason to be fearful, because, yes, he, he, he is... He's, he that dwell in the secret place of the Most High, that's where we have to be, in the secret place of the Most High, in order to be safe, spiritually safe, not physically. We're not going to be physically safe, but spiritually safe. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress. My God in Him will I trust. And I think if, if we can really hold on to that, I think we're going to look into the future with, with confidence and, and be sure that what, what God will bring us through things like we, we read with Joseph. You know, Joseph was in this dire circumstance when he was sold as a, a slave into, into Egypt, and he could have given up. He could have shrank back and says, well, you know, I had those dreams, but it, it didn't turn out that way. And, but he applied himself. And ultimately, he realized that God had something in mind here on this earth. But God has something in mind with me and with you that has nothing to do with this earth. Most likely, sometimes he does, but most likely he has something in mind with you and me that's going to be absolutely awesome when we get to the other side. It's going to be an amazing thing because why would he, why would he create us? Why would he come 
and, and die himself like we have to die if he didn't have something in mind that is really awesome. We're going to see our beautiful place up in, in Maine uh, that just, for us, it's just like a pilgrimage because it, it just displays God's awesome creative power uh, in, in nature. And, and if, he, if he has done such an amazing job creating a, a, a universe and a nature that is even beyond human ability to, to, to comprehend, well, then the fact that he created us in his image means he's going to have some amazing things for us. And we can look forward to that. And no matter what the circumstances are, as we go through this life, it's worth it. It's worth it.